Amen. Uh, and we're thanking God that on this first Sunday of February, praising God, made it January, we ought to thank God for getting through January. Amen. It is my prayer that you will invite your friends and family to join with us uh, for today. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. Come on, let's stand this morning for those of you in person and even in live stream. Just stand wherever you are and let's give God some praise. Lord, I just want to thank you.
Thank you, Lord. Has he been good to you, church? Amen. Has he been good Amen. to you? <laughs> oh my God, what a God we serve. Let us bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day. Lord, the song said, we just want to thank you. Bread, when I was hungry. Water, when I was thirsty. When there was no way, you made it. It's too many examples, dear Lord, of how you come through. And there's less and less opportunities for us to doubt you now. If you don't do anything else for us, you've already done enough. But we want to take this opportunity while we still have breath to praise your holy name. We're asking your divine presence, dear Lord, in this service. For those who are here in person, dear Lord, touch them. For those who are listening on live stream, dear Lord, touch them. For those, dear Lord, that don't know you as their risen Savior, bless them. And for those, dear Lord, who are feeling a little weary along the way, give them strength. And while you're blessing, bless the pastor of the church, dear Lord, his family and all that concerns him, dear Lord. Give him everything he needs. I know you've already constructed a word, and you're going to use him as a willing vessel, dear Lord, to share with us, dear Lord. Make us ready for that word. Bless the hands of the man who sits at the piano, dear Lord, praising you through the gifts and talents that you've given him. And for all those musicians, ushers, trustees, everyone else behind the scenes, dear Lord. And when praying time is over, we've got no more to say, dear Lord. What a day, what a day, what a day. When all of this, dear Lord, all of this will seem like nothing compared to what you have in store for us, dear Lord. We're just thanking you in advance for that great getting up morning. But in the meantime, we're just going to say thank you, dear Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Are you thankful today, church? Amen. I mean, really thankful. If you think about it. You can thank the Lord for your next breath. You can thank him, dear Lord, for your next heartbeat. You can thank him that you were given the opportunity to stand on your own two feet. No one has to hold you up. These are all blessings. And they don't stop. They just keep coming and coming and coming. And he's blessing and blessing. And that's why we need to be thankful. Don't take any of this for granted. Our responsive reading comes to us, uh, text number 581 on the big screen. It's entitled, The Lord's Supper, this being the first Sunday in the month we celebrate the Lord's Supper. For I have received of the Lord 
that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chaste of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another, everyone. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Amen. hymn number 162 pass me not amen
God some praise. Lord, do not pass me by. You know, it's something about those old hymns, amen. Just looking at the lyrics of that hymn, and I don't know about you, but I don't want the Lord to pass me by, amen. Living in these times in which we find ourselves living, we need the Lord every moment of our lives. And so we ought to thank God this morning that we have a God who will not pass you by. Amen. Amen. We are just uh, blessed to have you with us here uh, this morning. Amen. I'm looking for Sister Van. Amen. She may be on. Oh, there's Sister Van. <laughs> Amen. Sister Van was serving as our greeter uh, for this morning, and she's going to come to give us a welcome. Amen. morning, Second Baptist. Good morning. This is the time that we want to welcome our visitors. If we have any first-time visitors in the congregation, would you kindly stand? Well, we don't, so uh, I hope you have a, a wonderful day today and sit back and relax and enjoy the sermon that will be preached by Pastor Hamlin, and I wish uh, all of you have a wonderful month of February, so God bless you all. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Sister Van. Amen. amen. We are getting back to our family greeters, and Sister Van is kicking it off. Amen. That, uh, so we are asking that our greeters, that uh, those of you who would like to participate and serve it in that capacity, if uh, please see Sister Van, amen, and uh, all we're asking you to do is welcome those as they come in and then just to give a welcome, and we greatly appreciate that. Uh, we also uh, are in our recruitment phase for uh, new ushers, amen. So we pray if there's anyone that is interested in ushering that please see Sister Leslie Hawks. She would be happy to sign you up and mention about our family greeters, and we thanking God for that opportunity uh, to be able to be used by him. And we pray that with our families that uh, as they greet that um, you know that you will just join in please say yes when sister van asks you uh, to serve in that capacity we want to remind you of our 2023 church theme amen that we are together in christ the world being what it is if there was ever a time we need to come together now is that time we need and the world needs to be together in christ amen I'm going to put in a heavy plug for our Valentine's banquet that's coming up, amen. And, you know, when we think of Valentine's and, you know, we're thinking of uh, coming in with your loved ones and all, but uh, the Bible tells me that we are all one in Christ, amen, and that we are to love one another. And so our Valentine's banquet is really for everybody, amen. We're inviting you to come and to join with us, amen. You don't have to have a special somebody. If you do, that is beautiful and wonderful. If you don't, listen, we are just wanting to come together in fellowship. We've been cooped up for the last three years, amen, uh, during this pandemic. And matter of fact, next month it'll be three years and still dealing with the pandemic, amen. And so we uh, just want to come together and have fellowship. We have a, uh, it's going to be a catered affair. 
it is going to be elegant, amen. So just come out and join with us to have a good time. Uh, we have a sign-up sheet that is out in the foyer. Please make sure that you sign up before you leave for today. Uh, Sister Joan Toller will be there uh, in the foyer uh, for us. <clears throat> and so we encourage and invite you to do so, amen. Uh, also, we want to keep on your minds for our Christ and cultural humility. Uh, we were scheduled to meet at the end of February, but since we have our uh, soul food dinner that day, we want to postpone that and move it back to Sunday, March the 26th. So please make sure that you put that on your calendar. Uh, we are having a great time getting to know one another and learn about one another, and we would appreciate that you would join us in that venture as well. Also, if you have not picked up your tax giving letter, make sure that you do so today. Those of you who are watching by live stream uh, for the announcements that we mentioned, for the Valentine's banquet and for our CCH uh, journey that is coming up and your tax giving, if you had not received it, just uh, send a, a text or an email and let us know and we can get that to you, amen. Also, we have another fun event for not only our youth, but for those who are a little older as well. Church-wide uh, bowling party, a fellowship that we're going to have that is going to be Saturday, February the 18th. So we want to make sure that you sign up for that. We want to have just a fun time and a good time uh, together. So make sure that you sign up for that as well. Amen. And then lastly, we want to focus our attention on giving. Thanking God for blessing us and giving us the opportunity to be able to give back to him. Amen. God does call us to be cheerful givers. And the truth is, everything we have belongs to him. Amen. And so there's three ways to give here at the church. For those of you who are in person, that uh, you can place your tithes and offerings in the offertory uh, box at the back of the church. Those who are watching by live stream right now, you can click on that toddly button right there on the website, and you can uh, submit your tithes and offerings, or you can mail them in. So we are grateful and thankful for you, and we know that God will continue to bless you. You know, there's a song that says that you can't beat God-given no matter how hard you try. And the truth is, I don't think we're trying all that hard, amen? And so let us uh, make sure that we give back to God that which he has asked us and required us to give, amen? Let's bow our heads as we give thanks for our offering. Father, we thank you and we bless you, Lord. We thank you for this time to be able to give back to you. We know, God, that uh, you are the giver of all good things. And, Lord, we just want to say thank you. We ask, God, that you would bless both the gifts that are received as well as the giver. Bless those that gave. Bless those that had a desire to give but had it not. And so, Lord, we just want to say thank you for the opportunity to be in service and to give back to you. For we ask these things in the precious name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. You know, one of the highlights of church is that we are blessed to be able to have uh, new members coming to the church, amen. So uh, we are blessed uh, this morning to have uh, two uh, members who are joining here, Second Baptist Church and Brother Derek Tate. I'm going to ask for you to come forward, Derek, uh, right here to my left, Sister Muriel Welch, amen. Sister Muriel, if you'll come as our deacons uh, come at this time, amen. And as they extend to you, Sister uh, Muriel, if you want to come on this side over here, Sister Muriel. Okay, thank God. Amen.
math. Amen. Amen. Let church say amen. Amen. Derek and Muriel, God bless you. We welcome, welcome, welcome the Second Baptist Church of Doylestown. Amen. As we uh, begin this month of February each year, we uh, like to take the month of seven. Uh, February to have uh, moments uh, in black history uh, where we highlight uh, some of the highlights and things, some things you may know, some things you may not learn during the course of this today. Uh, you see on the screen is our schedule of those uh, presenters that we have uh, for the month, amen. And on the last Sunday of the month, uh, traditionally, we have had a big soul food fellowship on that fourth Sunday. And so we are going to move back. We haven't had it in three years. And so we are going to uh, implement that back in uh, for this year. I'm going to ask the Sister Lois Jones if you would come up and just give us some information concerning that particular date. And then I'm going to introduce our presenter for this first Sunday in February in our Moments in Black History. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, as Pastor just stated, uh, we uh, recognize and celebrate Black History Month in February, and uh, we uh, have the potluck soul food dinner at the uh, last Sunday of February. Uh, it's usually well attended. Most of the uh, church members and the families come out and uh, join us in this occasion. Um, uh, so I would, I need your help. I need uh, people to sign up. I have a sign-up sheet that I'm going to post on the uh, bulletin board with the menu, and I need you to uh, pick something out and make that uh, dish. I also need people to help me uh, set up for this occasion and servers and people to clean up afterwards. Um, this, uh, like I said, is usually a lot of people show up for this event, and uh, you know we can certainly use your help and your cooking skills. So this uh, will be posted on the bulletin board. Thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Let's make sure that we help Sister Lois out. Matter of fact, you're helping Sister Lois, you're helping yourself, amen. Those of you who have, uh, in past years, have fellowship with us on this particular day and know that we have a great time of fellowship. So please make sure that you sign up. Sign up to bring something in, amen, whatever she has uh, on that menu. Again, this being our first Sunday of Moments in Black History, we are just blessed uh, this morning uh, to have our first presenter, uh, Sister Adrienne King, amen, her, her 
daughter, uh, Isabrielle, uh, is dancing in our dance ministry. Amen. And I asked Sister Adrian if she'd be so kind uh, to give a presentation for us on this day. And so uh, Sister Adrian is very active in the community. I know she's right for the school board uh, up in uh, Penn Ridge and that uh, she's very active. She was uh, one of the ones who had set up this past Juneteenth celebration that we had uh, in Doylestown. Amen. That was the first time they had a Juneteenth. Uh, our choirs and dance ministry and, and, and others, uh, Reverend Jackson, uh, presented as well uh, from up on Mount Gilead. And so we are just blessed and honored uh, to have Sister Adrian King give our first moments in black history. Let's welcome Sister Adrian as she comes. Thank you so much for that introduction and for the invitation, Pastor Hamlin. As he said, I was here for a rehearsal with my daughter and I was sitting over there on the computer preparing for another black history presentation and he eased up next to me and said, would you, you know, be a part of, of this for our church as we celebrate Black History Month in February? And so I happily um, accepted the invitation and am grateful for it. I'm grateful for, for forums and spaces like this that allow the learning and celebration of black history. Um, because as I saw Sister Lois, as she was sitting down on her shirt, it says black history is American history, right? And, and so we all need to recognize that it really isn't something that's separate. It's something that's a part of, right? And it's something that we should be learning about every day, 365 days a year, not just in the month of February. Um, and so we're fortunate to have forums like this where we can uplift that. Um, I know as I was talking to my daughters about black history and, and, and uh, like what, what should we talk about, and my husband and I started to ask them questions. Well, do you know who created black history? Do you know why we celebrated? And they couldn't answer those questions. Right, and so I think that it's important that we start at the beginning. We don't assume that everybody knows why we celebrate black history or who even, where that idea even came from. It's important to start at the beginning. So they're gonna help me out um, today and so is my husband, he's gonna have a part in this as well. So we're gonna go ahead and get started. Hello, my name is Camille King and I'm in the fourth grade. Raise your hand if you know who Carter G. Woodson is. Carter G. Woodson was born in December 19, 1875 in New Canton, Virginia. He was the fourth of seven children, second African-American to earn a doctorate from Harvard, worked as a miner and a sharecropper to help his family out as a young kid. Carter G. Woodson overcame many things. His parents could not read or write. He did not go to school all the time because he had to work on his family farm. As a teenager, he worked in a coal mine in West Virginia to support his family. He was self-taught. He was not allowed to attend white-led history conferences because they had no interest in black history. He created his own 
organization called the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History in 1915. Thank you. So what Camille gave you was a little bit about who created black history, Carter G. Woodson. And so you see his picture up on the screen. And so Brielle. Hi, I'm Brielle, and I'm, I'm in fifth grade, and I'm going to tell you a little bit why Carter G. Woodson made Black History Month. The story of Black History Month begins in Chicago during the summer of 1915. Carter G. Woodson traveled to Washington, D.C. to bring his black history display to the national celebration of the 50th anniversary, anniversary of the emancipation sponsored by the state of Illinois. In 1920, he urged the black civic organization to promote the achievements that researchers were uncovering. He encouraged his brothers of the Omega Psi Phi fraternity to help with this work. This resulted in the creation of Negro History and Literature Week in 1924. This was renamed the Negro Achievement Week. While this was significant, Dr. Woodson desired a greater impact. He told an audience of Hampton Institute, we are going back to that beautiful history and it is going to inspire us to greater achievements. This was the push for his press release announcing Negro History Week in February 1926. So Brielle told you a little bit about the why. So why the month of February? Why did they choose to, pit, to celebrate Black History Month in the month of February? And it's said that it was because that, that month was already a place where they were honoring Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, which were two pivotal figures in slavery and in, in black history. And so they picked that month, and at the time, it was only a week that they were celebrating and appreciating black history. And so the purpose of it was to extend their studies of history, not to create a new tradition. It was really just to extend it and to make sure that you were including black history in that learning. It was also not to limit it just to a week, or as now we talk, just to a month. It was really, really that time of this month or the week was supposed to be a culmination of what you had already learned throughout the year. And also it was not to learn, to, to single it out to focus on individuals. It was really the celebration of the whole black race to celebrate during that time. So Negro History Week quickly spread across the country through schools and through the public. This occurred with some pushback and with some resistance, but teachers still stepped up and started to, and it was really a lot of our, this is a multicultural church, it was a lot of the white teachers who stepped up and started to request that to be a part of their curriculum, and that's how they were able to get it into their schools. A lot of the black teachers, when they would teach black history, they would have to have like a facade. So they would be teaching their class of black, about black history and have something different up on the board so that when the heads of the schools came, came around, they would have to teach what they were supposed to teach. And then when that principal or whoever left, then they would go back to teaching around black history. So it was something where through resistance, the black community was able to bring this along with their allies and expand this into a full week. And it, was, it went from being called Negro History Week to Negro Appreciation Week, where they spent the week talking about that. So in 1914, 
it then quickly spread where, where as college students and uh, the black community really started to want, it, want to make their connection back to Africa, that it started to spread from just a week to a month. And this happened in areas like West Virginia and Chicago, where we started to see that spread. In 1976, 50 years after the first celebration, is when the organization that Brielle spoke of, that Carter G. Woodson and some others started, called the Association for the Study of African American Life and History, then influenced the shift to getting it recognized as um, a full month, um, where ever since then we would have presidents and others in leadership who would acknowledge that. Um, and then you started after that seeing where you know companies started to acknowledge that um, and others started to acknowledge it as, a, as a the full month of, of February. So we think about where we are today. Um, the organization that I spoke of that Carter G. Woodson started is still in operations today. Um, and every year, that organization creates a theme for Black History Month. So you're going to hear next from my husband that's going to talk about this year's theme for Black History Month. Good morning, church. So as my wife mentioned, every year there's a theme. This year's theme for black history is black resistance. African Americans have resisted, sorry, resisted historically and ongoing oppression in all forms. The 1950s and 70s in the United States was defined by actions such as sit-ins, boycotts, walkouts, strikes, by black people and their white allies in the fight for justice against discrimination in all sectors of society, from employment to education to housing. Black people have sought ways to nurture and protect black lives and for, and for autonomy of their physical and intellectual bodies through armed resistance, as we've seen in Haiti and Rosewood, Florida, voluntary immigration, Nonviolence with Dr. Um, Martin Luther King and, and, and Senator John Lewis. Education, whether it's through primary, secondary education or the creations of our historically black colleges and universities. Literary arts, such as Harlem Renaissance and Chicago Renaissance. Sports, Jackie Robinson, Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, Serena Williams, Florence Griffin Joyner, Jesse Owens, Tommy Smith, Colin Kaepernick. Music, just like in this church, we have spirituals, gospel music, folk music, near and dear to my heart, hip hop. These, these types of forms of music have used to express struggle, hope, solidarity in the face of oppression. Media as well as legislation and politics, black-led institutions and affiliations have lobbied, litigated, legislated, and protested and achieve success. In addition to those, we also have the black churches. Black churches were spaces, were spaces where black communities met to organize resistance efforts, inspire folks to participate in the movement and offer sanctuary during these times of crisis. By resisting, black people have achieved triumph, success, and progress as seen in the end of slavery, dismantling of Jim, Jim and Jane Crow segregation in the South, increased political presence and representation at all levels in the government. 
resulting in our first black president, President Barack Obama, and our first vice president, black vice president, Vice President Kamala Harris. Black resistance strategies have served as a model for every, and let me repeat this again, black resistance strategies have served as a model for every other social movement in this country. Thus, the legacy and the importance of these actions cannot be understated. This is a call to everyone to study the history of black Americans, not just doing that, but also getting involved locally, voting and getting involved in your local politics to ensure that these, to ensure the establishment of safe spaces where black lives can be sustained, fortified, and respected. My daughter's just said, Mom, you should have changed the font from blue to white so you could see that. But pretty much, if you go to the Asala website, and I have a handout, and I send it to Pastor Hamblin as well, gives you information on the Association for the Study of African American Life and, and History, and it will give you more about the 2023 theme, and it will also give you um, a view of what all of the themes have been. They've had themes for Black History Month for every year since um, it's, it started. Um, and so we wanted to provide that as information. So that is what we have to share with the congregation today. Um, so we hope that you took something away to learn more about the who and the how and the why we celebrate black history and the need for why we need to continue to carry this on. Let's thank the King family, amen. I see Sister Adrian. she got everybody involved in there. That is a wonderful thing, and we thank God uh, on this first uh, Sunday in our moments in black history, amen. Uh, I heard someone say, uh, Brother King uh, mentioned uh, the importance of music uh, in black history, and so we're going to let, you're going to hear some of that right now, amen. Pastor Paul and Sister Denise and Brother Chris, amen. Just who I am, 
because I need to know. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours. And I believe, oh, I what you say of me, I believe. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am. Because I need to know. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. When I don't belong, oh, you say I'm yours. And I believe, oh, I believe what you say of me. I believe the only thing that matters now is everything you think of me in you I find my worth and you I find my identity Ooh, you say I am strong I think I am weak you say I am strong, and I think I am weak. You say I am held, and I am falling short. And when I don't belong, you say I am yours. And I believe, oh, I believe what you say. Everything you think of me.
Everything you I find my identity. Lord 
Educational presentation and Sister Lois's shirt, it made me think of uh, Tom Joyner. Everybody remember Tom Joyner? Used to call him the uh, fly jock because he had two radio shows in the same day. He would fly between Dallas and Chicago. Uh, he, he had both jobs and so he would just fly between the two. But on his show, he used to have uh, Black History 365. And every day he would drop a, a gem of knowledge about Black History Month. And so. Uh, it was one thing I always appreciate about that show. You just learned something new every day. It wasn't just constrained to uh, February. So again, educational uh, presentation. Look forward to the other ones for the rest of the morning. If you would all uh, join me as we uh, prepare for the message. Father God, we give you honor, praise, and glory because you're so worthy to be praised. And we thank you for waking us up, Father, for allowing us to come together to worship you, to praise you, to learn about you, and to just be in your presence, Father God. We are so thankful uh, for who you are, for the sacrifices that you've made, for the blood that was shed as we think about Communion Sunday, and we just reflect on the broken bones and the shed blood, and the relationship you allowed us to have with you going forward, Father God. We're just so thankful for that. And we wanna remember that, Father God. So we ask that as we make our way through the service and as we think about taking communion, we clear our minds and really focus on you. And Father, in the service, we ask that you give Pastor Hamlin the words to speak, give us the ears to hear, the heart to receive, and the courage to apply the word going forward as we continue to learn about discipleship and stewardship and just worship you. Uh, we are so thankful to be in your presence. We're so thankful to be able to sit here and to listen uh, what you have to share with us. And Father, there's somebody that doesn't know you, please reveal yourself to them. Let them know the relationship that we have. If there's somebody that has backslid, bring them back on course, Father God, and let them get closer to you. You said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so let us do as much as we can to do that, Father, and guide us, give us wisdom, discernment, and order our steps to do that. Father, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. We ask all these things in your son's precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Songwriter said, there's nothing greater than you. How many of you all believe that today? There's nothing. There's nothing greater than God. There's nothing better than God. Amen. We serve a mighty good God with every head bowed. Total God, our Father, Lord, we come this morning on a day that, Lord, we know that was not promised to us. But, Lord, we are grateful, we are thankful that you've allowed us to experience a brand new day. And so, God, we ask that you would be with us now, God, that whatever we have in us that's hindering us, whatever obstacles that are in the way, whatever challenges that we are facing, Lord, we realize that we can do nothing without you. And so, God, we ask that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, if there's someone here under the sound of my voice who does not know you personally in the pardoning of their sins, we ask, God, that upon your word coming forth, that someone would cry out this morning, Lord God, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? We ask this in the mighty, matchless, marvelous name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say amen. amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. We serve a mighty good God. Amen. Again, we want to thank each of you for joining us on this morning. Amen. And we are praising God for all of his blessings, waking us up and starting us on our way. Amen. Again, we want to thank the King family for their moments in black history. Amen. You all did a wonderful and excellent job. We thank you for that. And thank God for our musicians. Amen. Amen. One tells Denisha, the songs you were singing just moved me in my spirit and in my heart. And as I sat back and I listened to the lyrics of the song, and it spoke about how we ought to believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have people today believing in everything else but God. But how many of you know we need the Lord right now, amen? If there ever was a time, we need the Lord right now, amen. Now, and I'm sure everybody is getting ready for next Sunday, amen, for the Super Bowl that's coming up. And I know that you're going to come in here next Sunday all eagled up, amen, and Help yourself. Come on in with your stuff. Amen. Because it's looking pretty good. Amen. For you. And we pray that. Uh, now, I will say this. I don't want to see any of y'all tailgating before church. <laughs> Amen. Don't come in here all messed up. Amen. We'll have the security on you. <laughs> Listen, the Eagles are favored. I did hear that they're favored. But I heard some Kansas City Chief fans just this week saying that it's going to take a miracle for the Eagles to win the game. Amen. They must not have been looking at all the stats. Amen. Now, I want to tell you, I don't know who's going to win the game. I have a feeling that the Eagles are going to win it. But, but I do know that in the spiritual life of a Christian, God is able to still perform miracles in our lives. Amen. I said he's still able to perform miracles in our lives. So what I want to do this morning, church, is I want to look at one, uh, I believe, is one of the greatest miracles in the Bible, and that is the miracle of David defeating the giant Goliath. Amen? You all remember the story? 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you all be so kind, why don't you stand with me? I want to lift a few verses 
of the text there. Verses 2 through 9 and verse 46. This is the NIV uh, translation. Amen. For the word of God says, And Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. And the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another, with the valley between them. And a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp, and his height was six cubits and a span. And he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale, armor of bronze, and weighing 5,000 shekels. And on his legs he wore bronze greaves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. And his spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and his iron point weighed 600 shekels, and his shield bearer went ahead of him. And Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. And if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Verse 46 says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And to the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, tell them that he's still a miracle-working God. Turn and tell somebody this morning that he's still a miracle-working God. How many of you believe that this morning, that he is still a miracle working God. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You know, I, I believe today that God still unleashes his miracle working power in the lives of his people. I believe that God not only is still performing miracles in the lives of his people, but the truth is that God really wants to bless you. Amen. He truly does. He wants to bless you. And he is not only capable of performing miracles. When we think of the miracles of God, miracles of healing, miracles of spiritual breakthrough, miracles of breakthrough the bondage of sin, miracles of breaking through the bondage of addiction. Not only capable of performing miracles, but his power is unlimited. Amen. And his love for people, that means you and I, amen, doesn't ever run out. And I thank God that we have a God that loves us the way he does, amen. Because the truth is, we really don't deserve all of the love that God showers upon us. But I tell you what, I'm grateful and thankful every day that God looks beyond my faults and he sees my needs. And we need to be thankful this morning that God loves you and that God cares about you. Anybody believe today? That God loves you and God cares all about you. Amen. And that ought to be good news for us today. That 
We have a God who has all power in his hands. Amen? Now, one of my favorite Bible stories is found in this text. And it's what I would call an epic battle. Amen? We like to use that term a lot today that everything is epic. But this truly was an epic battle between a giant warrior of a man named Goliath versus a young shepherd boy whose faith was bigger than the whole army of Israel, amen? Because when I read this story, I wonder why did God use this young boy to perform what seemed to be impossible, amen? And one thing, church, I found out that if you read this story, amen, is that God just didn't pick anybody to take on this giant, amen? God wasn't up in heaven, uh, Reverend Jackson, uh, uh, playing that game, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. amen, who can I pick to go, amen? You see, when we look at the life of David, we realize that David didn't have it real easy in his life. The truth is, David was the youngest of eight brothers. He was the baby in the family, amen? So you know he was picked on by his older brothers, amen? How many of you have older brothers or sisters that you grew up with, amen? And you know that they used to pick on you, amen? And, and now I'm going to tell you, I, I, I used to pick on my baby sister, amen? And would bother, mess with her, and, and you know what I mean? And she would uh, say, Mom, that boy, he's bothering me. And then one, one time I was bothering and picking on her, and the next thing I know she turned around and scratched me. I still got a scar <laughs> right up here on my eye, amen? But not only did God choose David as the one who would fight Goliath, but he also chose him to be the next king of Israel. Amen? And, and let me tell you something. It wasn't because of his good looks. Amen? It wasn't because of his great fighting ability. It wasn't because of his personal wealth or his intelligence. Amen? You see, God doesn't choose his leaders and miracle workers based on the same things that we look at. Yeah. Amen? But what the Lord looks at, church, he looks at our heart. Amen? He looks at what is inside of your heart. Amen? And so I'm wondering this morning, what does God see when he looks at your heart this morning? What is it that God sees? Uh, does he see a heart full of faith? Does he see a heart full of trust? I need to ask somebody this morning, how, how's your heart health this morning? Regarding your faith, amen? You see, a lot of people and some Christians are infected with heart disease, amen? And I'm not talking about the American Medical Heart Association, amen? But, but many people are struggling with a diseased heart that lacks faith. Because faith is the key in our lives, church. Those of you who attend Bible study with us, you know we talk about two things. We talk about faith and we talk about what? Obedience. Okay, faith and obedience. You know, that's my Reader's Digest version of the Bible. That's what it's all about. It's about faith and it's about obedience. Amen. And their heart lacks trust in Jesus Christ for many folks today. And they say that they believe in the Lord with their mouth. But their lives and their actions tell a whole different story. Amen. I'm trying to figure out today what's in our heart right now. The medical doctors say that the secret to having a strong, healthy heart is exercise. Amen? When you go to the doctor, that's the first thing they tell you, that you need to, uh, you know, to lose weight and you need to exercise. Amen? 
But the same is true, church, in our spiritual health, that we have to exercise our faith, amen? That we have to put our faith into action. Because it's one thing for you to say that you believe with your lips, but it's another thing for you to act on behalf of what God is telling you to do, amen? The question this morning is that do you have faith in God and in what Jesus has done for you in your life? Amen? And if so, church, that means that we have to exercise our faith. That means we ought to be telling somebody what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. When you think about it, how, when is the last time that you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone? Amen? And the truth is, I read a statistic one time, uh, Deacon Booker, that that said that over the lifetime of a Christian, over the lifetime of a Christian, that they only share their faith and give their testimony with folks about five times. The life of a Christian. That listen, when you think about all that God has done for you, when you think about the fact that God woke you up this morning, that God started you on your way, that you had a roof over your head last night, that you had some grits and bacon this morning, amen, we ought to thank God for being by our side. Amen in here, somebody. You have to hold on to what God has told you, amen. God looks at church our heart, amen. He's looking at a heart and he wants a heart of faith and he wants a heart that is pure, amen. Now the Bible lets me know that David was confident that God was going to perform a miracle on his behalf, amen? Because David, by faith, was willing to take on Goliath, who had been trained since his youth for battle, amen? When he first started out, amen, they started training Goliath for the battle, amen? On top of this, Goliath was a big man, amen, somebody? They said he's over nine feet tall, and his, his armor of bronze weighed 125 pounds. The, the tip on his spear, the point, weighed 15 pounds. Here, Goliath was not only physically intimidating, but like all bullies, he had a loud mouth on him. Amen? He was always out there talking trash to somebody. And, and the Bible says that he was out there for 40 days straight. Goliath had been coming and standing in the open. He was bad-mouthing the Israel army. And worse than that, church, he was openly mocking God of Israel. Amen? But, but let me tell you why David had so much confidence. David had confidence because he had a history with God. He knew God. David had seen God's hand at work in his life before. David was a shepherd. He was used to being out in the fields and wild animals trying to get his sheep. The Bible says that he fought against lions and bears and were able to ward them off. And so David gained this great confidence from his experiences with God in his everyday life. Amen? And so I want to ask you this morning, are you experiencing God on an everyday level? I said everyday level. Are you learning to trust him and have faith in him for your everyday duties? Amen. When we wake up in the morning, the first thing we ought to be doing is giving God praise and saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. Hallelujah. We ought to thank God this morning that we have a God who touches us and wakes us up every morning. Amen. And so my question is, are you learning to trust him and have faith in him in your everyday life?
Amen? I'm talking about when you go to work. Are you still in tune with God? When you're dealing with your children every day and all of the hassles, the ups and the downs, and all of the things that they need instruction and guidance on, are you relying on God as the source to help you? Amen? You see, I truly believe that we can position ourselves to be used by God in miracle-working ways. Amen? And we'll live lives that exercise our faith in God. God wants us to build our relationship with him. Now, I want you to notice something. I didn't say that you exercise faith in you. Amen? Because you know if you put your faith in yourself, you know that's going to fail. Amen? But the key, church, is to exercise your faith in God. Amen? Because, listen, there's a whole lot of people who are sitting in churches today who are exercising faith in the wrong things. Amen? They got faith in themselves. They're putting all of their faith in other folk. Amen? They're putting their faith in wealth, and they're putting their faith in power. But that kind of faith is going to fail you. Amen? What we need, church, is to exercise a personal faith in a personal God who wants a personal encounter with you. Amen, somebody? God have a personal relationship with you. Amen? And the truth is, we miss out on what God has in store for us because we refuse to take the time to spend some time with God in a personal relationship. I said on the other Sunday, I, I just imagine God, and maybe a Bible study I was sharing with them, that I just have a picture of God just uh, holding up uh, boxes and boxes of blessings that he wants to give you. And here we are busy doing everything else but having a relationship with God. God's standing there like, are you all going to come and get what I have to offer to you? Amen. But unless you stop for a moment and begin to spend time with God, and begin to say, God, I cannot make it in this life unless I am connected to you. So if you find yourself being out of connection with God, we need to get connected with him right now. Is anybody ready to reconnect with God? Amen. Hallelujah. David was a champion of faith. Amen. Because he exercised a personal faith in God. And watch this. His faith wasn't static, meaning just standing still, amen? But his faith was ever-growing. You see, our faith needs to be ever-growing. We can't just stop where we are and say, well, I, I got, you know, faith and, I, and I'm okay. We're not okay. How many of you know that you need the Lord every moment of your life? Every hour, every minute, every moment, amen? We need the Lord. This world would be a much better place if, if folk realized that they need the Lord in their lives. Amen? We running around now. You all know that we living in these last days. Amen? I, I've been saying it, but you, I, I don't have to tell you. You can look and see for yourself. And if we don't get connected to God now, we're going to find ourselves in even further trouble. Amen? And so let's get connected to God. Amen? David's faith was being tested. And it was being stretched. But David's confidence came from his track record of faith, amen, and trust in God. And this is where we can draw from right here, from that faith and trust in God. Because somebody this morning, I believe this church, somebody this morning wants to know, is this kind of miracle-working power that David has, is it available in my life? 
Is it available in the life of the church? Is it available in the battles that I encounter in this life? Amen? And let me give you the answer. The answer is that question depends on your perspective. Amen in there, somebody? Can I make it plain this morning? There's two perspectives in this story. Go on back and read it. There's Saul's perspective, amen, that rubbed off on all of his troops. And then there's David's perspective. Now, Saul's perspective is one that we can see real clear in our world today, amen, because Saul had all the outward appearances of somebody who ought to know better about God's power, amen, and his promises. But Saul looked out across the battlefield and he saw the giant. And when he saw the giant, it just seized him up, and it seized up his troops as well, amen? Because instead of looking to God in this time of testing, you know what Saul did? Saul decided to look at his circumstances, amen? And he was paralyzed by what he saw because he got this big man standing in front of him. You see, his perspective didn't allow him to see the living God in action, amen? Instead, all he could see was this giant, and all he could see was the doom and the gloom, amen? But in contrast, look at David. As soon as David shows up for the battle, you know what he did? He runs to the front of the line, and he looks to see what's going on, and he doesn't have to sit around and try to figure out what it might cost him, amen? He doesn't put a list together of pros and cons or whether he should get involved or not. You see, David's perspective helps him to see clearly that this is miracle working territory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say miracle working territory. Because what David sees is the same kinds of things that we ought to see when challenges come in our lives. Amen. David sees out of all of this mess, he sees an opportunity for God's name to be glorified. He sees an opportunity for God's power to be unleashed. And David sees something completely different than everybody else that day. Amen. My brothers and my sisters, I want to tell you this morning that whenever you take a stand because of your faith and trust in God, there's going to meet, have some opposition that comes your way. Go ahead and step out for the Lord and see what happens. Have you ever been on your job and, and, and uh, you stepped out in faith for God? And all of a sudden, here come folk coming, they complaining and whining and calling the HR on you that they reading their Bible and they, they praying, they look like they're praying. And so anytime you're going to make a stand for God, there's always going to be opposition. Amen? And guess what? Sometimes the opposition comes right within your own ranks. Yeah. Amen? And here, somebody, you've been there. There are those who can't see God because their perspective is focused on the giants and on the circumstances and on the problems. And, and those kind of folk are always going to be against what you're trying to do for God. Amen? And why is that? Because those without faith are afraid that they can't see what they need to see. Amen? That they need to draw on a victory that only God can give you and nobody else can do it. And I want to ask you this morning, church, what do you see in your life? What kind of giants are you facing in your life? What kind of problems are you seeing and dealing with in your life? Is your perspective one of faith and trust in God like David, or do you find yourself looking at the circumstances and the problems of life? Amen, somebody. 
What are you looking at? We need to move away and take our eyes and focus them on Jesus instead of focusing them on our problems. How many of you know that you're always going to have problems in this life? As long as you got breath in your body. You're always going to have some ups and downs in your life. You're always going to have some good times and some bad times. But how many of you know that through it all? I said through it all. Through the midst of your trials, through the midst of the tribulations, through the midst of the problems, through the midst of the heartaches, through the midst of the sorrows, through the midst of the pain, that when you turn it over to the Lord, that God is able to work it out. Can I ask you this morning, has the Lord ever worked anything out in your life? Has he ever made a way out of no way for you? Come on, we need to give the Lord some praise in here this morning. It depends on your perspective. Let me share with you how David handled it. I'm going to ask them, put up for me, please, uh, verses 45 through 51. Uh, I want them to see this, 45 through 51. Listen to what David did, how he stepped out in faith. The word says, David said to the Philistines, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin. But listen what he said. He said, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into the hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistines army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands where it says and the Philistines moved closer to attack him and David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him and reaching into his bag and taking out a stone he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead and the stone sank in his forehead and he fell face down on the ground so David triumphed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And David ran and stood over him, and he took hold of the Philistine's sword, and he drew it from the sheaf. And after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, what does the word say? And they turned and they ran. Hallelujah. Church, some of you here this morning have been living with some Goliaths in your life for too long. And at some point in your life, you decided that that Goliath, that problem, that issue, that circumstance that you have is too unbearable for you. And so you were just then ready to put it up and just give up and, and just accept what's going on. But let me tell you something here this morning, that with faith and with power in God, that God is able to do what man said is impossible to do. That with faith and with trust in God, that God is able to work in your life and in your situation. If I were to ask you this morning, has the Lord ever done something in your life? Has he ever made a way out of no way for you? Has the Lord ever brought you through? Has God ever delivered you out of something? If the Lord has done something for you and you're not ashamed to give God praise, and you're not ashamed to say thank you, Jesus. And you're not ashamed to shout out hallelujah. 
if you're not ashamed to put your hands in the air, if you're not ashamed to wave them like you just don't care, if you don't mind giving God praise, if you don't mind saying thank you, if you don't mind blessing his name, if you don't mind calling on Jesus, then somebody ought to give the Lord some praise and say thank you, Jesus, for all of your blessings. Come on in here. Let's praise the Lord. Come on in here, somebody. Listen to me. Stay up with me. If you will believe, if you'll put your faith in God, that enemy that you've been struggling with for too long can be defeated today. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what your issue is. I don't know what your circumstances are, but God is able to deal with it. God is able to do anybody believe that today. So church, you know what we got to do. I'm talking about no more excuses. No more running into the tents in fear. No more messages of doom and gloom. Somebody needs to know today that know that you serve a God and that you ought to stand with the living God and face the enemy because the reality is you are not alone. Does anybody know that God is walking with you even right now? God is with you in the good times. God is with you in the bad times. God's with you in the in-between times. My brothers and my sisters, you can't do it all by yourself. But God never asked you to do it alone. He's saying right now to let me do what you can't do. God's saying to trust me. He's saying to put your faith in me. He's saying I'll provide the victory. God doesn't want you living in fear. God doesn't want you sitting around saying nothing is ever going to change. But trust in the Lord my God, my Savior, because God is able to see you through. And if you believe that God can see you through, then let's give God some more praise. Let's give God some more praise and say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me today. Trust God. Know that he's going to finish what he started. He's still a miracle working God. Amen. You all may be familiar with Romans 1.16, you know what it says? It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for his power unto salvation. Amen? Romans 8.37 says this. Nay, in all these things that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen, church. I'm glad this morning that Jesus Christ loves me and he loves you too. You know how I know he does? Because he willingly gave up his life on the cross to pay your sin debts, my sin debts in full. Amen. He died because of our sins. But he arose with all power in his hands because he loves us. His intention is for you and I, those who may not know Jesus and the pardoning of his sins, to submit their heart and their life to him and just say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of repentance in my life. Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you as my Savior. Lord, come into my life and make my life brand new. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, who willingly gave his life on the cross and paid my sin debt in full. And so, Lord, I say thank you to help me 
to live my life for you. I want to tell you, church, if you sincerely meant that, you prayed that in your heart and your spirit, and you asked and invited Jesus Christ into your life, he is coming in right now. He's able to make a difference in your life. I'm looking out now, and I see the evidence of change that the Lord has done in your life. And if you have not received Christ, you can today. All you have to do is to turn it over to him. Amen. We extend an invitation to you today. If you don't know Jesus personally in the pardoning of your sins, invite him into your heart and your life right now. Amen. I'm going to ask for our deacons to come at this time. They're going to help just to assist this morning. There may be those here who the Lord is speaking just to you. You can come this morning believing in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. You may be living in this community and you don't have a church home and you want to unite in fellowship here at Second Baptist. We accept, invite, and encourage you to come just as you are. Amen. Because Pastor Paul singing my song and playing it. One day we shall wear a crown. Thank God that even now he's preparing a place for those who have received and accepted Jesus as their Savior. Amen. Is there one today? The Lord is speaking just to you. Don't put it off. Don't wait. This is the time. This is the moment. This is the place God has set aside for you. Amen. Is there one here today? Amen. Come on, let's give God praise and thank him for his blessings. You may be seated. We're going to ask our deacons and deaconess to prepare themselves for a period of Holy Communion at this time. For those of you who are watching by live stream, amen, this is the time to get your elements together, your, your juice and your bread, amen, as we prepare to receive the Lord's Supper. And as the deacons and deaconess are preparing themselves, if, if you have something on your heart that's been troubling you and you know that you need to reconcile, with someone or to address these issues and concerns that are going on, ask the Lord to help you, to give you a clean heart, and to make sure that as we come to his table, that we were coming with the heart and desire that the Lord would ask us to come.
the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and they said unto him, Master, where shall we go to prepare to eat the Passover? And Jesus said unto him to go into the city to such a man and to say unto him, The Master saith, My time is at hand. I will eat the Passover at thy house, along with thy disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. come Jesus sat down with the twelve and he said unto them as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup you do proclaim the Lord's name so let a man examine himself and so let him eat of this bread and drink of this cup we are unable to eat of this bread and to drink of this cup as they did in Jesus day but in our incompleteness and our desire to be made whole we ask the Lord to fix the right our hearts as we receive a prayer of thanksgiving where the bread and the wine will be led in prayer by Deacon Robin Busby. Sweet Jesus, we come here today to honor and glorify you. We've come here on our own. You have not coerced us. We've come here to lift you high and up. We've come here to give you thanks. You left the comfort of your own throne, perfection, and you came down in the body of a man, endured everything that we do, and yet you were without sin. We acknowledge that you are the perfect sacrifice to offer to your Father on our behalf. We give you thanks for demonstrating that love for us, and we accept today, and we accept the elements today in remembrance that you are coming back for your own. And we give you thanks for that, knowing the price that you paid. In Jesus, your name, your authority, and in your love. Amen. And for those of you who are watching my live stream, if you will take your elements at this time, those of you in person, has everyone received? On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it unto them, saying, Take ye, this is my body that has been broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let us eat together. Likewise, he took the cup and he blessed it 
He gave it unto them, saying, Take drink, this is my blood that was shed for many for the remission of sins. This do in remembrance of me. Let us drink together. When they sung a hymn, they went out and up into the Mount of Olives. Please stand with me as we close in prayer. Let us pray. Eternal God, Father, we just want to say thank you, Lord, for the blessings of this day. We thank you, Lord, for the songs that have been sung, for the prayers that have been prayed, and Lord, we thank you for your word. We realize, God, that you are still a miracle-working God. And Lord, we thank you because you do have all power in your hands. And Lord, we thank you for your love for us, even in spite of ourselves. And so, God, as we leave this place, let us not leave, Lord God, believing or thinking that all things are impossible for us. But let us leave today knowing, Lord God, as we put our trust and our faith in you, that you're able to do everything but fail. For we ask these things in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Let the church say, amen. What a mighty God we serve. Valentine's uh, Banquet, see Sister Joan Toller, amen, will be in the foyer. Those who would like to participate in our bowling night, uh, see Sister Danielle Limble, amen, she's going to be on this side in the foyer, and uh, please sign up on the bulletin board, amen, uh, for our soul food dinner on the last Sunday. May God bless you, and heaven smile upon you.